Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at it. We are at the final week of New Metal Forefathers Month. Papa. Papa. And uh, we've uh, we found a lot of papas this month. And uh, it's only fitting, though, that we, we end the month with uh, some consider one of the most important papas, Faith No More, and their album, The Real Thing. And uh, we'll be talking all about that and these wild boys. But before we get to that, we got to talk about Who's tweeting? Who's tweeting? Who is? So uh, we did a spine shank episode. Oh God, when was that? Um, a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> a while back, we were we were we were young, we were youngins, and people had some reactions to that over on Instagram. Uh, Trevor Danger, aka Rob Adams, says, "I like stabbing westward, but wish they weren't pussies." Do I have a band for you, my friend? Joking aside, this episode made me realize how much better this album is than I remember. Total agreement with your final decisions, as usual. My new goal is to find the heaviest fucking new metal album so Jenny is finally appeased. <laughs> hashtag and Frank's Vampires. <laughs> hashtag burn your b-hole. Oh, boy. I, you know. <laughs> you have a when rep. When will you be I appeased? I have a rep. When will I finally be appeased? You know, I wonder that about myself all the time. Uh, Soren over on Twitter says, yes, finally, height of callousness on the coach. And then a ton of hearts. Uh, AC uh, on Twitter wrote us uh, a nice little thing with the lead off hashtags of dicks out for bulletproof monk, hashtag vitamin guts, and hashtag don't burn your beehole. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, a rare moment for me, I don't remember the Don't Burn Your Beehole reference. So Neither there do you I, go. unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, and he says, I don't know what this band wants to be right now. He says, you've just defined new metal. New metal is a mishmash of sounds mm. that don't have a home anywhere else because they are too much of this sound or not enough of that sound, which is why I point people towards this album, amongst a few others, when they ask me what new metal is. This album has a little bit of everything, and God damn it, I love it. Not a bad track on this album. Saw these guys back in 2000 when they opened for Slipknot along with Amen. Needless to say, it was a good time. All right. All right. Shmeev says, this is another one I knew I listened to a good bit, but couldn't remember until the first chorus dropped and it all came back to me. Like a heavier stabbing westward. And they got a lot of playtime back in that day, too. Uh, fun episode for a good album. Uh, Shmeev also says, paging Roach Coach. I don't remember if this came up in your episode. But damn, inspiring. Hashtag shifty perspective. And uh, what he sent us was Crazy Town's main boy, uh, Shifty Shellshock, talking about the origins of the song Butterfly. Uh, Lauren, did you want to read it? I'll read the quote. To? Yeah, okay, great. I'll read the quote. He said, we were writing songs like lollipop porn when there was no girlfriend. And all of a sudden, I was in this relationship. I was in love and she was asking... What's up with all these lyrics? Is this what you're like? <laughs> so that made me come up with the concept of writing a song to her. Instead of writing a male chauvinistic song, I was going to write something sweet and nice to a girl I cared about. I was living with her and I started bringing home butterflies because she had a collection. I was thinking, what am I going to call this song? And I'm lying on the bed looking at the ceiling and there's a big butterfly hanging over me. I had the beginning of the hook and that's all I had for a week. I was making a left onto 
uh, Donahue uh, off Santa Monica Boulevard. And for some reason, I said, you're my butterfly, sugar baby. Mm, mm, mm. Behind the music, indeed. All right. Uh, Luis Mercado says, hey, Roach Coach, this was on my mind through episode 101. This is another great Roach Coach meme. Uh, we've got a dude looking at something saying, is this thing? We got the Roach Coach logo as the dude's head. Cold album as the, the thing that I believe is a butterfly uh, yeah. originally. Uh, and it says, is this butt? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and thank you. I love it. Love the memes. Uh, over on Facebook, Giancarlo says, I remember seeing this album at CD World, but it was always the most expensive. I thought maybe it was a double album or it came with something. Nah, nothing. It has about three so- good songs on it, and the rest is just filler. Coming in hot, Giancarlo. All right. Timothy John Henderson says, I always dug a nice portion of this album when I listened to it back in the day. But listening to it with you guys, it seems like there are a good handful of really solid songs, and then the rest aren't up to par. I'm real glad you guys put the title track into the canon. It definitely deserves to be there. Last thing, I'm almost tempted to say that if I had this record on vinyl, the front side would be really, really great to my ears, and the back side wouldn't be anything I need to listen to that often. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Eric Burt says, I loved Spine Shake back when this came out. I agree with you guys that they had a bit of an identity crisis on uh, HOC and the genres that influenced them all seem to take over at different times. I still love it, though. While I wouldn't recommend their next album for consideration into the canon, self-destructive pattern is definitely evidence of Spine Shake honing in on their sound and it's fairly consistent throughout. It also has the single heaviest moment in their catalog on the track Slavery. At 148, the bridge kicks in after the second chorus and holy shit! The pit is activated for sure. Thank you, Eric. Uh, ben Rayski says, guys, you've done two ho-hum Spy Shank albums since the Nothing Faced episode. Two. Maybe you guys forgot how much you liked that album. Maybe you'd rather smell the turds being dropped by this band. Not sure, but yeah, Nothing Face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh, you, Ben. Bad. Thank you for the wow. reminder. <laughs> a bold reconsideration. Oh. Damn. It, I mean, we haven't done Nothing Face in a really long time. This is a valid a valid point. Uh, Patrick said, one of my top five all-time new metal albums. I agree that the singles are the weakest part on this one for sure. Uh, Stephen Tilbury says, pretty sure Defo is an Australian slang. Liked the Ruffies drop, too. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Ruffies is part of my vocabulary now. So, yeah. I dropped Bogans out of nowhere the other day, so... <laughs> Oh, I know where it came from. <laughs> uh, Jake Leach said, this doesn't quite mow my lawn. Maximum the hormone does, though. Not going to let up on that. Whew. All right. Maximum the hormone push. I know. I know. We got to get to it. Uh, Jax Lawson says, confession. I was not into new metal during the thick of it. An ex-boyfriend played System of a Down constantly in his car, and it sounded like scary noise to me. The same ex quoted a Limp Biscuit lyric to me that ca- to callously characterize our contentious and ill-thought-out post-breakup hookups, and that solidified my stance. I wanted nothing to do with the genre. I liked Death Cab for Cutie and Built to Spill and whatever other sad bastard music I could find. I didn't listen to butt rock radio, so I honestly never knew about a lot of the bands that are, like, standards for most of the other Roach Coach listeners. I came across this podcast because a friend told me he thought I would think it was funny even though I'm not really into new metal. He was right. But The Height of Callousness was one of the few metal-ish albums I owned in the early 2000s. I don't even remember how I discovered it. Maybe I saw a video and liked it. 
Maybe it was in a used bin and I thought it looked cool. Who knows? Anyway, it was the heaviest thing by far that I listened to at that time, and I really loved it. All this is to say that I finally had a little taste of what so many other Roach Riders feel when one of their beloved albums doesn't make it into the canon. I'm all song meanings, commenter style, but you don't know how it makes me feel. (laughs) Even so, it was fun to revisit this album, and I think your judgment was pretty fair. Keep it rolling, baby. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jax. Incredible comment. Uh, Elric uh, said, anyone who was on New Grounds in 2001 knows that this was the real music video for New Disease. <laughs> and he included a link. It's Mario versus Sonic War 2001. Um, I was not on New Grounds. I but, um, was. All right. I what can... is New Grounds? New Grounds was like mixed media. Like it was media all over the place. But they made a lot of Flash games as well. But it was kind of like there were videos it was nerd culture. It was games. It was a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Is this where like uh, all your base are belong to us stuff? Would that would come. Uh, that would definitely okay. be on Newgrounds. But then Love you would have, one. I think, like the Binding of Isaac, which is a game, which I want to say is a rogue-like type game. Anyway, uh, it's a it's a soul. I'm lost. It's a subgenre. I'm lost in the games. woods. All the crumbs have been eaten. Uh, but like. <laughs> They, there's tons of flash games that come alien hominid i want to say is a new grounds that game i'm talking to the wrong people you're well you're probably talking to lots of people it's just not the two who are in the room right now all right fair enough yes new grounds was a thing okay and this type of content would not be is indicative of what you would find on new grounds okay uh alejandro says this album was a favorite of mine from 2000 lots of nights listening to the cd while on aol instant messenger and chatting on the corn message board till 3 a.m oh uh, yes All right. and uh f- finally jeff hines said oh shit roach coach i did activate i did the activate the pit on song meanings lol thought you'd get to this album sooner but you started with that strictly decent album first Ooh, strictly decent oh, man. <laughs> uh glad matt agreed to wave his finger in a circle for it too while i'm here my only recommendation left i can think of is one minute silence 1998's available in all colors and 2000s by now save later thanks metal fingers all right thank you so much that is it for who's tweeting keep on tweeting saying hello on facebook twitter instagram and send us an email roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com and keep on sharing the episode on uh, social media, it helps a lot. The album of the week, bringing a close to New Metal Forefathers Month, The Real Thing by Faith No More. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on uh, <laughs> June 20th, 1989. 1989? That's Whoa. right. Is this the first one we've done from the 80s? It is. It is. Oh, my yeah, God. Wow. Uh, Jenny, history with uh, Faith No More. Um, I knew Epic, the song Epic. Um, it got played on the radio all the time. I thought it was something that sounded cool and different. Uh, I didn't get into Faith No More when I was like a teenager or anything like that. Um, I got into Faith No More a little bit when I was probably in my early 20s, like maybe 24 or something like that. Um, and even when I got into it, it wasn't really this album. Um, I think I, I, cause I got, I, I got into Faith No More because I was like into other things that Mike Patton did, who was like the vocalist on this album. Uh, 
and I, I was into like Lovage and like Dillinger Escape Plan. And then that Peeping Tom record came out that he did with, I think it was Nora Jones. Um, mm. That came out when I was working at the record store. So I listened to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, well, I really liked Angel Dust, um, which is the album that came out after this. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. I was never a huge faith, no more person. Um, I used to work at like an indoor sports training facility when I was in college. And, uh, there was like this like intense, like training room next to my office and they would always listen to this song over and over again. Uh, and actually they were listening to this when there was that, that blackout that happened in like 2004. Mm -hmm. Kids were like, it was like high school kids in Wixom, Michigan, going super hard on the treadmill. They were listening to this song and the blackout <laughs> happened and this kid just ate shit because the treadmill like just abruptly stopped. He was going super fast oh, and then wow. it like slowed way down and he ate shit and everybody thought like there was a terrorist attack, but the song was playing. They'd always play Epic all the fucking time every day. Wow. Uh, and that is my Faith No More history. Lauren, how about you? I don't have a ton of faith, no more history. Um, I remember this song growing up. I remember thinking that the vocals were a little too weird for me to really get involved in it. Um, and then the next time I remember being aware of faith, no more was when they put out the King for a day fool for a lifetime album. And they had a bunch of singles that sounded like almost like jazzy and kind of chill. Mm -hmm. And I remember liking a couple of those, um, but never like listened to a whole album. And then um, I remember when they put out album album of the year that it had like, I'd never seen an album get like such negative reviews. Like I think like Rolling Stone gave it like one star and it was just like savaged everywhere. And then Mike Patton just sort of existed as this sort of like guy that everyone sort of loved who was in all these like side projects that I never uh, got around to, but I always hear about like Mr. Bungle and Tomahawk and uh, Peeping Tom and stuff like that. Um, and also, and he did the um, soundtrack to Crank High Voltage. So that also put him on my resume, uh, radar. Matt you put Nas, him on your resume. <laughs> put him on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, my resume is like, uh, yeah, here's where I went to college. Here's all my, uh, you know, things that I'm good at. And also, um, I love Crank 2. Mike Patton did the soundtrack. When can I start? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great strategy. Thank you. So I never owned this record. Uh, I was 12 years old when this came out and from a new rock radio station wave, it felt like seeing that this was released in 1989 is like, whoa, that blows my mind. Cause I kind of, I think of living color cult of personality and this song as two waves from the same place. And it's more Sonics, I think, than anything. Um, but like, it was to twelve-year-old me. It was like this stuff is crazy. Oh my god, what's happening? Uh, I don't even know. And then another album that came out from nineteen eighty-nine ended up stealing my heart. And that album was pretty hate machine, guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Once yeah. again, having an older brother paid off big time. As he was, and by, in this area, like this was released in like 1990, January as a single, like 91 was probably like the first late 90, 
early 91 was like really when this was in regular rock rotation around here. I don't feel like this was very much on the pulse. Like, I just kind of feel like all of that stuff started to merge together. But then like my brother was like, no, you, you've got to listen to Pretty Hate Machine. And then it was uh, the beginning of my goth industrial past. All right. Jenny, who is in Faith No More? Oh, can I? Uh, one oh. other person really liked Faith No More. Oh, who's that? That's PJ Jacobs. Oh, that's right. The uh, the owner of our dear, dear Go Comedy Improv Theater. Um, actually, when I met PJ, one of the first things we bonded about was liking Faith No More. Even though I was somewhat new to it. Uh, this is what PJ says about Faith No More and what it means to him. I was a weird kid. I played sports and did theater. I loved Weird Al, hair metal, Monty Python, and show tunes. When Faith No More's The Real Thing came out, it was everything I ever wanted in one perfect package. It was the first time I felt that you could be weird and an artist. If Garbage Pail Kids formed a band, it'd be Faith No More. They were their own genre. It was joyful and angry and serious and weird, and I loved it. So thank you, PJ. Thank you, PJ. Uh, and as far as who is in this band, yes, we have Mike Borden on drums, Roddy Bottom on keyboards, Bill Gould on bass, James Martin on guitars, and of course our boy Mike Patton on vocals. Production from Matt Wallace and Faith No More. Uh, Matt Wallace, um, I believe he had produced something else that we have listened to in the past definitely uh, i can't place it but yes yeah um i mean looking at it just this quick uh quick glance just seeing a lot of oar spin doctors but i know there's oh mushroom head mushroom head <laughs> oh boy burr, 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 burr. <laughs> um oh uh. yeah cuz he did uh he did maroon 5 songs about jane and uh he also did oh shit though he did angel dust Mm-hmm. And he did. We care a lot. I mean, he's he's Angel a, Dust is the one I'm familiar with. So, all right, okay. So that's that is uh, Wikipedia tags for genre: alternative metal, funk metal, and rap metal. Rut row. We got that tag. <laughs> we got that tag game, son. <laughs> yeah, if I have my detective magnifying glass out, I'd say <laughs> we have a clue. <laughs> is uh, this a papa? The paternity test begins. That's right. All right. Well, I think uh, then I think we're ready to dive into this thing. The first song on the album is called From Out of Nowhere.
Nice driving riff. Got a little bit of that funky bass. Um, but it's hooky. It's poppy. It's a strong open. Jenny, what did you think of this one? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was a solid open. Um, I was not getting a Papa vibe. No, not from, from this one. No. So I yeah, I I thought of this as just sort of like more of like a weird alternative rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Nas? Love the music. His vocals aren't my favorite. That's not my favorite vocal treatment for our man. Uh, <laughs> songmeanings.com uh, was very useful for this album as uh, these are some interesting songs. And uh, commenter Jack21 on April 3rd, 2005 said, I think this song's about Mike walking down the street and seeing some hot chick going the opposite direction. You came out of from out of nowhere. My glance turns to a stare. And then they exchange smiles or some nonsense and they pass each other and continue on their way. And just like that, she's gone. One minute here and one minute there. And then you wave goodbye. And the whole song is kind of a musical representation of all the emotions and shit going through his head during this short encounter. Good song. Okay. Not a bad interpretation. November 8th, 2015. Someone responds to Jack 21 and says, shut up, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Who could have said that to him? Why, none other than Jack 21. (gasps) Wow. Whoa. Ten years later, he comes (laughs) back and he's like, you don't understand. Dude, I was listening to From Out of Nowhere and I realized what a stupid thing I posted on songmeanings.com ten years ago. I gotta go back and just yell at myself gotta write this wrong oh man people know i'm not this guy anymore this ain't me anymore wow wow (laughs) uh all right next up it's the big one it's epic Iconic opening. Yeah, I mean. Let's talk about it. It's the Papa. This is a, if this isn't a Papa, I don't know what a Papa is. This is one of the most obvious Papas that <laughs> we've done. O- definitely an obvious Papa. An oh. obvious Papa. <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, in my family, we have a distinctive nose. Like it's a, we call it the Murkaw hump. It's a hump in the nose and like. My mom has it, my uncle has it, and my brother has it. And it's just like, pop up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, from the funky bass, which is such an obvious inspiration to somebody like Fieldy, the way he does his vocals, obviously going down to Jonathan Davis. Um, 
I mean, I, I wrote Penton influenced so many with these vocals. Like, I mean, not just Jonathan Davis, like so many people, you know, across genres, really. I mean, it's almost like this guy's the papa of like a lot of genres. So let's talk about this for a second, too. So 1989, hip hop's been around. I mean, like Run DMC Aerosmith thing has already happened. Like rap and rock have met in certain scenarios. I don't know where we are in terms of uh, the public enemy bring the noise, I think is a little bit later than this. No, no, it's, I think it's right before. I think 88's the big year for public enemy, right? Public Enemy and Anthrax do bring the noise together. It's like oh, oh, that that one you're talking about. Yeah, um, but like this was like the first time we heard a musician like this do this seriously. Like there was tons of people making fun of hip hop. You know where it's like, oh, I'm thinking of Anthrax. I'm thinking of I'm the man. You know, like yeah, I'm thinking of that type of like yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll steal your honey like I stole your socks. Ha, ha, ha. Hip-hop's not going to last. It's the dead art. Mm. He, d- Mike Patton does it, but he doesn't say like he's rapping. But this is very much a hip-hop delivery. This is a Absolutely. rap delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Done earnestly, done yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. Uh I mean, I I will only ever think about teenage bros working out super hard over the summer to this song. <laughs> Hope that kid who ate shit was okay. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So, perfect soundtrack for it. Uh, songmeanings.com has 145 comments for this song. Almost all of them asked the question, did that guy eat shit? No, that's not true. <laughs> Um, uh, commenter, uh, Kayu Toruru, I don't know, I'm just guessing, said, everybody wants something in life. What is it? Something that will satisfy us. What is it? The answer to it all. What is it? We try so hard to bring ourselves closer, but we're already there. We can't grab what we've had from the beginning. We overlook the thing that is before every other thing we see. It's what we had before we started deciding what we have and don't have. It's just us. Heavy stuff, you guys. Wow. Heavy. Epic. We're Uh, the epic. We're the epic. Okay, okay, okay. Pump the brakes. Is it the Odyssey? The epic poem? I'm going to be honest, Matt. I just need to know if that dude ate shit. I still, I mean, it's, that's Epic, going to bro. be the most important thing for me. I was like, Guys, did that guy eat shit? He did eat shit. He ate shit pretty hard. He straight up divined it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, it was one of the most, like, the hardest I've seen maybe anyone fall. Oh, wow. And he tried to act like tough about it too. And he's done. He's done. Fine. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You fucking dork. <laughs> if it was me now, I would have been like nerd, <laughs> but I was too, I was too busy. Um, live journaling when I was supposed to be working to say anything. Anyway, up next, we've got falling to pieces. 
That opening bass, oh my! <laughs> Once again, Papa, 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 is that you? Clear, Papa, clear, Papa. Um, yeah. Once, uh, once you get past that, though, it does go into more of what I would consider like '80s rock music. Um, yeah, yeah. I got a little like. Uh, I know it's just because they they're both using like a keyboard, but it, the 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 keyboards gave me like PTSD from listening to like Dead Z. I had like a <laughs> flashback. I was like, ah, uh, no. Oh man. I don't want the key to Gramercy Park. Please, please, no. Dead Dead Z PTSD. No yeah. one ever really survives it. Yeah. Um Matt, what'd you think of this one? You know, i I haven't heard this song in years, and I didn't recognize it while I was listening to it until we got to the chorus. And then I was like, holy shit. Um, Falling to pieces. Yeah, I had somebody put me together. I remember the song. And then I started to think about something we haven't talked about in a while. Oh, my. Ross's rules. Oh. Matt, what are Ross's rules? (laughs) Ross Robinson, a.k.a. the angel, the producer of so many classic new metal albums, had a couple died in the wool rules. Mm. Number one, rewrite your fucking songs, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't come in with that first draft bullshit. Mm-mm. I don't want your placeholders. I want your I want your 100%. This is what it is. Number two, give me a chorus. Them hooks, son. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Number three, if you're going to sing it, and you better mean it. If you write it down, I need to hear it through the mic. I this think Mike Patton yeah. is that guy. I think these songs are following the yet-to-be-scribed Ross's Rules. Mm-hmm. We do need to have Ross's Rules inscribed into a t- stone tablet. That's that true. To come to down from the mount. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, they, I, yeah, my big note was like, I mean, these guys can write a hook like 
yeah it's yeah really very good um jenny did you have any comments you liked on songmeanings.com there are it's just a real it's a real interesting mix of people um i don't know why i thought this was so funny but my favorite comment on this song was from Kath's C-A-T-H-Z. And Kath says, just like to add that this song was used on the soundtrack for Black Hawk Down, a truly magnificent film. And what a great song to go with it. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I'm reading it now. It's not that funny, but I was just like, I think I just pictured someone's aunt being like, I got the internet for the first time. This song was on Black Hawk Down. Uh, <laughs> a historian. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, my favorite was actually a quick little series. I love it when uh, you get a little series of comments. Uh, from commenter X Tank Kitten X, of course, underscores in between all of that, who initially commented, Mike Patton equals. That was it. Mm. <laughs> so then they posted and they put in a, a, a uh, an angry face emoji. It's like, my previous comment was trying to say, Mike Patton equals. <laughs> they screwed it up again. Third comment, like six exclamation points. And they just said, Mike Patton equals the sex. And, Was it uh, worth coming back for? You know what? Uh, sometimes it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> that was my feeling about it. Because also I feel like the sex probably wasn't what she actually meant. But at that point, she was like, fuck it, I'm done. Close yeah. enough. I I think she might have meant that Mike Patton was the sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the juice is loose. <laughs> Somebody put that together. <laughs> Look, Mike Mike Patton he has a it's not he, a, it's not a chino. But He's got a thing. He's got a thing. Dude oh, yeah. has a thing. He has a thing. <laughs> mhm. He's got a man a enough to know when another man has a thing. He mm-hmm. definitely yeah. has a thing. I'm here to report. <laughs> a ring, ring. <laughs> Hello, news. It's just in. Mike Patton has. He's got a thing. Let me put that on the front page. Mike Patton has the sex. Yes. <laughs> he does equal the sex. Uh, right. I, I would agree with that person who is struggling to get that comment out. <laughs> uh, all right. Up next, we've got surprise. You're dead. What a papa. Yeah. 
That's a cool papa. Yeah, it really is. This is yeah, this is the yeah, you haven't you haven't seen him in a while and he just rolls in and he's like, Who wants a new football? I do, I do. Please, Papa, you wa- please. You wanna you wanna throw it around on the lawn for a little bit? I'll spiral, yeah, Papa. I'll spiral. <laughs> touch it touch it down. Touch it down. Uh, uh I yeah, I thought this was I I don't know. Meh, I, I don't know if I thought this was a papa that much. This gave me more of like a cool, like, I don't know. It, this felt more just like straight up like metal to me. Yeah. What about it felt like a papa to you? Uh, that it was, it felt almost metal. Like I wrote in my notes that it's like a touch away from really being that heavy. That gave me that sort of like, um, the thing I often talk about, like the sort of like the swing, uh-huh. the, the bit more funkiness that you get in new metal than a sort of like really heavy rigidness of just straight ahead metal or, you know, one of the other subcategories. And that's kind of where I, I, I got uh, the, the poppiness from this one. Okay. I can see yeah. that. Songmeanings.com. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to read this series of comments. N. Cordjaka says, it's about a chicken. Uh Jimbo Joe says, it's about a vampire chicken, smiley face. Calculator Jose says, anyone like the cartoon Duckula? I know Duckula is not a vampire chicken, by the way, before one of you smartasses starts strutting your stuff. <laughs> strutting and your then stuff. Eva says, wow, I forgot about that show. That's it. I don't know what the song is about, and I, I was kind of doing like a cursory glance to see if anybody would tell me. Um, and I saw that and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it there. My favorite comment. I actually had a lot of those ones that you read labeled, but my favorite comment is, uh, I always like the comments that are just super confident and come in just like, I, I know what this fucking song's about. And this one's from commenter Magus Reaver who said vampires all the way. Look at morning after and the real thing and think of those songs in context with Lewis's embrace in Interview with a Vampire, the real thing is pretty much verbatim about being embraced by a vampire. All right. So, is according to him, Faith No More isn't just a papa to new metal. It's a papa to the Queen of the Damned. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> these, ten- these tendrils are long and winding. It's so true. All right. Well, let's see what else this, this album has given birth to. Up next, we've got Zombie Eaters. Slow Boy Papa. Matt, is this the real motherfucking deal? I need to see the fucking lighters. It's been a while since I've heard a song like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Matt, why don't you go to 158? You got it, buddy. Uh, 
That's a papa. That's a definite papa. So let me ask this question, just so we sweep it under the rug very quickly. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Because I'm going to go to a place I don't want to go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're really All padding right. this. I do okay. not want to say this band's name out loud on this oh show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. no. Where are oh, we going? Oh, the no. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, well, there was a whole big thing where Anthony Kiedis went after Mike Patton saying that he, like, lifted his style. Yes. I, I don't know. Is it like if somebody does what you were doing, but they do, do it, it better, than like, you? way better than you and also cooler and also, like, <laughs> I I guess maybe. Does that mean that, like, is that, like, when you get, like, your Ancestry.com thing and you see that, like, there are, like, fucked up people in your lineage and you're like, oh, oh, God, oh, no, no. no, I don't want to be related Why? to that person. <laughs> Uh, so are you saying that this is, uh, reminiscent of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Hearing his cadence does spark in my mind one Anthony Kiedis. I like this better. <laughs> I can see that. I just so, think. Here's, but here's I don't think, key. I don't think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are papas. Really? Well, I guess maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see if we ever do this month again. I don't want to listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, I don't want to listen to the Red Hot this Chili Peppers. This month was supposed to be about listening to stuff that was good. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring me Red Hot Chili Peppers on a Papa's month. I ain't listening to Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That's going to be, I'm going to get up and I'm going to start walking and the sun's going to be setting and I'm just going to keep going and no one will ever see me again. Well, we lost Jenny forever. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. She has one Red Hot Chili Peppers record and she just walked into the sunset. Yeah, that's right. I think I don't consider them a Papa because I just don't like them. <laughs> I mean... Hey. That's like the story of where many new metal albums came from. <laughs> People not liking their dad. <laughs> oh, shit. So it adds yeah. up. Yeah, it does. I, yeah, I think also just in general, Mike Patton's lyrics aren't as dumb as Anthony Kiedis' lyrics. What do you so. mean, Scooby-Doo-Boo, California? I mean, yeah. They're sometimes very trenchant takes on living in California and dream of Californication. Wit is a word I often associate. Um, songmeanings.com. God love these people. You know, um, all of them just think it's literally about Mike Patton as a baby. And <laughs> who am I to disagree with them? Just a lot of, uh, yeah, but what, a Collapse 77 says that uh, a zombie is basically a baby because the babies are brainless and they do nothing but eat. And that's what a zombie is. Uh, can you I confirm Papa's? I don't oh. think they're brainless, but they do eat a lot. I wish my kid would eat now. <laughs> Not to get off on a tangent. Not eating? Um, uh, when, when he feels like it, you know, and only crackers. Mm. Give him some good stuff, and he just sort of like uh, picks it up, moves it around, and then he says he's done. It's infuriating, but anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, up next, the real thing.
pretty long one. Um, but uh, I, uh, I really like this one. It feels like the peak of the album in a lot of ways. Um, it feels like them doing everything in their repertoire well. Uh, Patton running through all of his moves and he almost has like a metal growl at one point but the main thing I got about out of this is this is not just a papa this is a Deftones papa I was gonna say Deftones oh yeah uh, I mean this might as well I mean I feel like that drum pattern is a move that Deftones use a lot digital bath and white pony definitely cribs that um, but also just the, the vibe that, that, uh, he's going for it. It's like you said, Jenny, it's like, uh, I mean, it's the, that sensual Chino move, but sensual Mike, which is not <laughs> as, doesn't sound as cool. I am sensual Mike. <laughs> you want a back rub or uh, what? Hey Mike, could you please put your shirt back no, on? No, 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 no. I'm sensual Mike. If I put a shirt on, it just falls off. Okay, uh, but you Mike. are like dripping with oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got uh you look at these holsters back here, you'll see got uh baby oil in one and uh grapeseed oil in the other. Gotta stay moisturized. Yeah. I don't know, give a I dry mean, you massage. You are really st- staining everything yeah, that's by yeah. you. Oh yeah, I leave an impression. Hey Matt, how was that a uh, gift card I got you for the spa? <laughs> Where did you find this guy? Uh, Craigslist <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Yes, and scene. it's been another installment of Roach Coach Theater. <laughs> uh, sensual Mike. <laughs> sensual Mike. I love it. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you got a knot in here. What are you worried about? <laughs> well, I think you're sitting on me nude right now. Oh yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to teabag. <laughs> But I use my testicles <laughs> to work out angst. Yeah. <laughs> how do, just a quick question, Mike. What, how do you have gift cards? Oh, I just made them out of cardboard. The boxes, I, my old lady kicked me out. So uh, when I moved in, instead of throwing away the boxes, I just made these, uh, these gift cards for, uh, for com- honor system gift cards, to be honest. Do you know a guy lives in a bush outside this girl's house? Oh, yeah, yeah. Prowlar. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a great friend. We uh, we play hopscotch on the weekends. <laughs> you play hopscotch? Nude hopscotch. Yeah, it's great. Uh, oh, man. Um, Jenny, what would you think of this song? Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very cool. I 100% agree with the, uh, the, the Deftones Papa. Um, yeah. That's it. I don't have anything cool to add. Setting the mood, setting the vibe. Yeah. Uh, songmeanings.com is just a big bull of disagreements. No one can agree on what the song is about. Drugs, acid, heroin, childbirth, being spiritual. No one can agree and no one's happy about it. Yeah, it's a real, it's not a love fest. I'll say that. No. People want to know. People want to know. Maybe it's about everything, man. We're all one. Everything is the same. We're Didn't all star to, stuff. Didn't you listen to Epic? What yeah. is it? We Jeez. are it. Wake up, sheeple. Uh, this is not a wake up sheeple song. Uh, all right. 
Up next, we've got Underwater Love. Uh, kind of a jaunty pop song what'd you think of that one jenny it was not my favorite song on this record it's a bit of a come down after the previous song yeah uh it's fine not for me but um it was for some people (laughs) (laughs) it was their life yeah some people yeah oh yeah um what's your favorite comment and song meanings for this one jenny i like Again, it's a little serious, but uh, it's about Narcissus. And then Drowning Your Lover, perhaps? A guy in love with a mermaid. Could it be about a siren? It's Ooh, just like, sirens. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that uh, four-comment spree is my favorite. Dressed to Depress said, I agree with a staring elf. Liquid seeps into your lungs suggests that this song is about drowning a lover. And then uh, someone else comments that basically it's written down somewhere that it is about yet yeah, killing someone that you love. And I said, killing a woman song? <laughs> that's, uh, that's... Tale not- as old as time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't uh, been long since we heard one of those. <laughs> uh, so um, I, said, I wrote pretty new metal. So, uh, But I mean, other than that, nothing about it is. All right, next up, The Morning After. Jenny, thoughts on the morning after? Uh, again, not not so much for me. I feel like the the back half of this album so far is kind of it's fine. I th- if I had, if I had been listening to this in 1989, I guess uh, I mean not being five, you know, I yeah. it probably would have been like a little bit more 
had like more of an impact on me, but listening to it now, I'm just like, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it does have a bit of a, for lack of a better word, like a dated sound. It does feel of the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I didn't dislike it, uh, but it does, it, it is just the fact that, yeah, they peak on the title track. And so then you get these uh, sort of more dated tracks in the back half. Um, did you have any fave, uh, com comments, Jenny? Uh, not for this one. No. Um, basically, uh, one person thinks it's about a werewolf one person thinks it's about a vampire one person thinks it's the sequel to underwater love oh that the person is waking up the next day and is like what did i do did i drown my lover ah uh but the werewolf one is probably my favorite he says i always envision this scene while listening to this song the morning after a wild rampage by a recently converted werewolf the lichens think about it the tattered clothes blood no recollection of the prior night's events and that's wolvie's gal so somebody who's very much dedicated to the werewolf lifestyle there is one comment i liked it's from goddamn and it says the morning after a killing spree that's it okay very Uh, succinct (laughs) that guy has definitely killed somebody yeah trust me Morning after killing spree. Feels just like this. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us all this time. <laughs> oh, this? This song captures it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a melancholy, brooding boy. A brooding boy. A oh, brooding boy. boy. All right. Uh, up next, we've got Woodpecker from Mars. through a few styles pretty rocking bass is uh very funky jenny what did you think of this one <laughs> pretty rocking i think pretty i funky. want i think i want a picture of you that has a quote underneath it that says pretty rocking bass is pretty funky <laughs> up next audio speed wagon if you, if you like a pretty rocking with some funky bass yeah i got some uh, audio for you i like i really like instrumental tracks so I like this one a lot. But yeah, I mean, what's it about? You know, who could tell? Who could tell? Uh, but I liked it a lot. I don't know if I thought it was a papa, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought it was cool. Uh, Matt Nas, what'd you think? I think it's interesting to see where this band was willing to go. Because I don't think, I mean... It's card it, it is very difficult to remember important albums from 1989 when I was 12 years old and all you were exposed to what was on the radio but I don't recall anything really sounding like this 
And in that, I mean, I remember kind of coming off of hair metal and, you know, because, oh my God, like don't need nothing but a good time was played all the time. Like I'm, I'm just trying to think of stuff that was in that time period. I think that's a little bit earlier, but I think you know where I'm going. Like, mm-hmm. like pour some sugar on me like that. None of these songs are that. And in that way, going back to, is this a Papa? This very much feels like the guy at the record store that you befriend. Who's like, you haven't heard Aladdin sane yet. Oh, well get ready. <laughs> you know, like, here we go. You're going to hear something different. And this album is definitely something different. How respectful of our time is this record? Uh, this album comes in at 54 minutes and 58 seconds. Whoa, at 11 tracks. That's a little... These tracks are long. Uh, mm-hmm. mo- well, not all of them, but it's... We've got everything from two and a half minutes to like eight minutes as far as track length goes. So it's it's a bit all over the place in that yeah. way. Um, I wanted to mention someone who did review this album. Oh! One, Robert Kreisgau. The Dean of American Rock Critics? Indeed. He reviewed this album. He wrote, With rap, funk, hardcore, and falafel joint rye seasoning, their metallic stew, a new frontman thinks hard about life and horror comics while under the influence of I hate to think what. Epic, which old people will think is about the terrors of sex, though it's really about the terrors of everything, and Zombie Eaters, a jaundiced if not jealous view of a baby's world, delineate their generational chauvinism, and art AOR keyboards establish the depths of their cultural deprivation. Not as stupid as they sound, but they do sound stupid. <laughs> B minus turkey emoji. <laughs> And if you're keeping track at home, if you get the turkey emoji, it means you're a turkey. (laughs) Oh, my God. But again, I think it kind of comes back to being a popper, right? New metal is an amalgamation. It's a bunch of things. There isn't one prevailing style in this record so far. Yes, they have metal things in there. Yes, they have rap things in there, but it's much more of a bunch of different seasonings coming together than it is like, nope, we are this. And that's very Papa-ish for the new metal genre. I'd say so. Um, I just realized that the front of this book does have a key to the icons describing what they mean. A turkey is a bad record of some general import, though no artist should be saddled with more than two in a decade. What distinguishes a turkey from a bomb is that it's reviewed and graded. I'm aware of no turkey lower than a D, and a few even get a B, a grade reserved for the voice dud of the month. Okay. Wow. Dean of American Rock Critics. Mm-hmm. Making possibly the most convoluted rating he system. Says, but such but such distinctions are, as the saying goes, academic. In this age of great inflation, all of them flunk. Wow. Take Classic it easy. Robert. Take it easy, Christ gal. Well, he can't. He, he can't. just can't. He's got all one right. mode. Hardcore. <laughs> That's right. All right. Up next we've got 
War pigs. What? For real war pigs? Yeah, you're going to want to go to one minute. There's a whole bunch of intro before they get to the drop. Oh, this classic rock track, Lauren? Go <laughs> back. Generals gathered in their masses. Just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot. Di- A cover. What finer bow could be put on this gift from our papa? Then a cover. A cover. We got a cover. Yeah. I uh I think it's fine. It can't out heavy the original though. No. No. That's why I turned it down pretty quick. Yeah. I uh I don't know. Like I feel like I know there's like two Black Sabbath tribute albums out there. One there's one song to come out of those, which is the Ministry slash one thousand homo DJs cover of Supernaut. That's like the one cover that's at least equal, if not eclipses the original Black Sabbath. But otherwise, man, I don't think you can touch those originals. Those original classic rock tracks. (laughs) (laughs) I did that. I know. I know. All right. We are at the last track of the album. It's called Edge of the World. Jenny, what'd you think of Edge of the World? Um, it's gross, but a good song. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I don't like to hear a song that's like "Come here, little girl." Like, mm. uh, Ugh, yeah, gross. But I think it's sarcastic. Yeah, that's that was my vibe. It feels like a joke song. Most of the commenters on songmeanings.com think that it's a joke song about um well there are of course pedophilia. They think it's about pedophilia. So hysterical. There seems to be a divide between some people who think it's about a pedophile and some people think it's about uh, like a May December romance, but it seems pretty clear to me that it's pedophilia. Yeah, Uh, I'm It's not the point that I'm 40 years older. You can trust me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be like a 2060 situation. Who knows? Look, yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to judge. 
Well, I mean, you are kind of here to judge. Uh, yeah, but not that. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I think uh, most people are in a constant state of judgment to some <laughs> degree or another, but... Um, yeah, but no, I, I, this one, honestly, it does make me think of like, um, I mean, it's not like a gross song, but like the joke song that's at the end of Stuntable Pilots, um, Purple. I feel like this is like a, you know, a pop out of that. That's obviously not new metal, but you know, having like a gross lyrics about possibly being a pedophile. I mean, we got a few boys who picked up some of that. (laughs) on their albums yeah and so, their lives uh yeah. oh uh, so uh that just brings us to the end of the album and now the time uh the final one of the month paternity test <laughs> papa talk Cypherson, papa talk. um matt what do you think well faith no more you are a papa. I would agree with that. I agree with I think, that as well. I think the line there is no confusion. Epic is an easy line to a, a myriad mm-hmm. of new metal songs. I think the risk taking that they took as a band, the mashing of genres, uh, their their whole aesthetic of outsiders of you know, like we're I don't feel like there's a lot of we're here to bang chicks, you know, like kind of like some of the problems that we have with the body count record are why I'm I'm thinking about this right now. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, there are more new metal subjects in their albums. And yeah, man, I think I think they're a papa. They are a papa. Someone call Mike Patton a daddy. <laughs> so there are many people. I've heard he's the sex. He is the he's sex. Definitely, well, there are many people who recount seeing Faith No More have a, a tiny little opening band um, that we may know called Limp Biscuit. Open Whoa. for them. Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right okay 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 all right is, is, is sensual mic pack okay no yeah that is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there is yeah mike i need some uh i need some grapeseed oil baby oh yeah dude left holster go ahead and get after it oh thank you excuse me will you guys get off my lawn don't tell us what to do it's a free country this you look tense. Lawn. You want a you want a back rub? I do not want a free back rub. Let me just tell you, baby, it's not gives, free. He gives you the I best back rub. I have to pay for. It. You got to pay for it. I used uh, to have this thing in my thigh that he worked out with his nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna call the police. <laughs> my nuts have muscles of their own. <laughs> we are tired. We are toast. <laughs> All right, so. You've heard it. Faith no more. You are a papa. And uh, that does bring us not only to the end of the episode, but the end of New Metal Forefathers Month, you guys. This was a lot of fun. It was very fun. fun. Very fun. Uh, And you know what that means, though. Next week, baby. We're back with that new metal. 
Could oh, we be yeah. in the thick of it once again? Oh, we're going to be in something. Um, <laughs> we, we actually uh, don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. Well, I, I think we talked about possibly. Oh, yeah, we do, do know. So, yeah. We'll, yeah, but, uh, that part. yeah but <laughs> we're going to we're going to dive back in and and just uh, luxuriate in the new metal waters once again. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Keep on sharing the episodes on your favorite social media of choice. We really appreciate it. And until next time. Oh, before you, before, oh, before. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, no, I just said uh, we didn't talk about this, but if you liked New Metal's Forefathers Month and would love to see us do either a Forefathers Month again or something else, let us know. We, we, uh, we haven't talked about what else we could do, but there are a couple of ideas floating mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Uh, we talked about doing like a soundtrack month. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Not saying yeah. that we wouldn't just work in a soundtrack like we did with Queen and the Damned. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've definitely talked about it. So if you would love to see another theme month, uh, let us know. If you're like, hey, guys, just get back to brass tacks. We can do that, too. Yeah. But we can't do it without hearing from you. So true. I put a yeah, bow absolutely. on that, guys. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, definitely let us know. I, I mean, you've never been shy before. Don't start now. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, Matt thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Accept, Bang Tang. Kick Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club. School of Rock Nashville and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event.